Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. We're excited to be bringing you the principles and ideas that are going to help you to do just that through this podcast. Our audience is growing steadily. Thank you for sharing the word. We really appreciate that uh, all of you are helping to help others live on purpose as well. As always, we have a great guest with us on the show today. I'd like to introduce her. Uh, Ana Steele is a popular motivational keynote speaker, writer, entrepreneur, and has done a lot of really neat things. As I've gotten to to know a little bit about Ana, she's been known as the first lady of radio in Houston, Texas, and there's a, a group of people who sort of follow what she does, and they are referred to as steel workers, and I think that's kind of fun. Dana's been doing some other exciting things that we'll talk about on this show today. But among other things, she is the author of the book, Rock to the Top, which is everything that she's learned, really, from some of the world's greatest rock stars. She's had an opportunity to interview and promote and do events with some of the great names in rock and roll. And so that's kind of an exciting little piece that she brings to the picture. I want to welcome you to the show today, Dana. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I want to take you with me on all my speeches, so you can just do all my intros. How's that? Well, you know, we've got it recorded. You can just play it anywhere you <laughs> okay, want. Okay, I like that. But I'm thrilled to have you with me today. This is a little bit of a turn of the tables for you, because you've spent most of your career interviewing other people. Isn't that right? It really is. I've been I've been doing a lot of interviews the last few months for the book, and for a couple of other things, and it's still, you know, being the control freak I am, it's still a little strange to be on this side. To have somebody else driving it, huh? That is. Well, anytime you want to jump in and take control of this show, you feel free. <laughs> I'll turn the tables on you. About halfway through, you'll never know what hits you. <laughs> That's right. Well, Dana, could you just give a little introduction of yourself to our listeners? I've given a little, a little preliminary stuff there, but talk a little bit about who you are what got you to this point in your life that you've created this book, Rock to the Top? Well, I spent um, a little over 20 years in Houston as a, as a rock and roll DJ and was, was very, very successful with it, went on to, to form a few businesses. And in the last couple of years, there were, there were a couple of things that I kept hearing that sort of spurred this whole book idea. One was mm. people would say, wow, you used to have such a cool job. What does it feel like now that you have to work for a living? Oh, boy. And I would say, you know, I'd laugh, and I'd say, you know what, uh -huh. I'm having just as much fun now as I did then, but I also worked as hard then as I do now. It, you know, I, I, mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't play Stairway to Heaven any differently than any other disc jockey, but I marketed it and worked it better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and then also I've been speaking to... Um, a lot of different uh, high schools and middle schools over the last couple of years. And these kids would say, I want to be famous so I don't have to work. 
Oh boy! And I thought, you know what? I need to, I need to, I need to put these stories um, that I do in my business speeches. I need to put them in a book that's not only that 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 you know is for everybody to show that all of these mm-hmm. these rock stars, the the ones the the Bon jo- you know Bon Jovi, the Rolling Stones, Gene Simmons, uh, Sammy Hagar, these guys work harder than anyone I've ever met in my life. They're up at 6 a.m. doing, mm-hmm. you know, morning shows, and, and they're on stage till midnight. And in between, they, they know everything that's going on. They protect their brand. They market their name. They're, they're helping with the T-shirt designs. I mean, they're, they're, they're involved in everything. Mm-hmm. So kind of all, you know, that. And, and I've been asked to do a lot of business speeches the last couple of years, and, and I've got to be quite honest with you, Paul. I was horrible. You know, I'd get up and do my little business oh. speech, and I'd be bored, and they'd be bored, and everybody would be bored. And so I, I started opening it up to questions, and it would always be like the sternest-looking businessman, the CEO of a Fortune 500 company would raise his hand, and I'd go, oh, here it comes. And, and he would say, did you ever meet Van Halen? <laughs> so I thought, you know, right. I don't care if you are wearing an Armani suit. We're all, you know, we all have those favorite rock star moments growing up, and so I started mm-hmm. incorporating the stories, and I started having fun. The audience started having fun, and it got my point across. So that's kind of how this all came to be. Well, this is a unique package for you because as as you're introducing yourself, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, most of the world's most successful people have learned a set of principles that have determined their success. And there's a lot of people who have these dreams of becoming a rock star, for example. And this is just kind of like the American, you know, wish. Uh, I talk to so many kids and teenagers who, that's what they want to do. I want to form a band. I want to I go be successful. And they don't have an appreciation of what kind of work and dedication, passion, commitment to quality, all of the things that go behind success. Well, you know what? And it's not just the kids that want to go into bands, kids who want to be a, you know, well, they want to grow up to be a doctor or they want to go into engineering or they want to, you know, they want to be the, the they want to be Bill Gates or whatever. Mm-hmm. Every single one of these jobs requires, like you said, the same set of principles. It doesn't matter if you want to be a rock star or you want to be the head of Coca-Cola. It mm-hmm. takes exactly the same amount of work and dedication and passion and everything to get there. So the guy in that Armani suit that's raising his hand in the business seminar, he needs to understand the same things that Van Halen or Gene Simmons needs to understand to make it successful in their business. I tell I tell people I speak to I speak to everything from middle school groups to to you know corporate gatherings of these Fortune 500 CEOs, and I tell them it's it's all the same. It doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing, and it doesn't matter if we're talking business or life. You have to set your stage, and that stage has to be set with passion, knowledge, networking, and appreciation. Once you get all that set and your and your stage is sturdy, you can start adding your branding and your marketing and your equipment and your lights and your band member and your employees, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the same thing. I don't care if 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 you're going into to high school or college, or you're climbing the corporate ladder. If you don't set those corners of your stage, your stage is going to fall down. It's going to collapse. Now, you mentioned four of those, passion, knowledge, networking, and tell me the Appreciation. And appreciation. I think that that lays a good foundation for what we could discuss here today. 
you've taken in in your book this let's talk about that for just a minute rock to the top what i learned about success from the world's greatest rock stars and i like the way that you have uh, set this book up because you're taking each one of these principles that you have noticed or have learned in your association with these great rock stars and in that context, though, you've presented it in a way that allows us to take a look at what we can do in our own businesses and lives to be successful. So, I don't know. I've just uh, I've just introduced again what uh, what's already here in your book. All right, Dana, let's go back to this book for just a minute that you created. This is called "Rock to the Top: What I Learned About Success." from the world's greatest rock stars. And inside of that book, you have outlined some of these principles that we've already started to talk about. I want to just give you the reins for just a minute to, to take on that first one, that first corner of the, of the stage that needs to be set. Passion. You've got to love what you do. Passion. You've got to love what you do. You gotta love what you do. Make sure you're doing something that you, you love because you know what? When you, when you have passion for something, when, when you really you know, love your job, and it's okay to love your job no matter, you know, if you are a rock star or a sanitation worker. You know, some people are mm-hmm. embarrassed to tell people they love their job. It's okay. It's okay to love what mm-hmm. you do. Um, but don't do it for the money. You know, don't do it because it's what your family expects you to do. It's what people expect you to do. Um, do it because it's it's your passion. Um, mm-hmm. Passion helps you get through, you know, the tedious tasks that sometimes a job, I mean, even in radio, as much fun as it was after a while, you know, you, you play, you know, you play Freebird so many times, you don't like it anymore. <laughs> and, um, you know, passion helps you get through the, the repetitious, tedious part of a job. Passion will help you get through um, the bumps in the road. I like to tell a story. Mm-hmm. I tell a story in the book, and I like to tell it in my speeches because so many people aren't aware of it, and that is in 1984, Def Leppard was at the top of the charts. They were one of the top rock bands in the world. And on New Year's Eve, 1984, the drummer Rick Allen decided to race somebody in his car, and he wrecked the car, he was thrown from the car, and he severed his left arm. That's not good for a drummer. Oh. That's not good for anybody, but that's not good for a drummer. Yeah. Um, and, and within six weeks, he was inviting drummers to his you know, rehab, to help him develop a drum kit that he could play with one arm. It took 18 months, but 18 months later, he, he debuted his, his new drum kit at the Monsters of Rock in England. And, I mean, Def Leppard went on to continue to be, to, to, to enjoy even more success. And that's a pretty drastic, but, I mean, he, that was his end-all, be-all. He loved playing the drums. Mm-hmm. And he was told, with one arm, your career is over. And he said, no, it's not. I'll find a way around this. That's right. Um, it's it's the old, you know what? It's the old. There must be a pony story. It's it's been expanded uh-huh. into a whole book, but I can I can tell it really quick. You know, there's two brothers that go to a bar and they open the door. It's filled to the top with poo. One right. brother goes, uh, "There's nothing but poo in there." It walks off, and the other brother grabs a shovel and goes, "There must be a pony." Right. And I love that story because I've always been a there must you know there must be a pony. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm gonna find it. And you know, this is one of the recurring themes for for this Live On Purpose podcast, the circumstances in your life don't matter nearly as much as what you do with them. 
And for people who really find their passion in life and they engage in that passion, they start to bring value to other people in a way that's just unprecedented. And it's amazing. I was thinking also of what you said earlier on the show, Dana, when you said that some people will come up to you and say, oh, you know, you used to have this wonderful job, but now... uh." And you're still doing what you love, and you're bringing that passion to whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's whether it's uh, spinning the discs or or doing engaging in some of the causes that you're engaged in now. Well, and you know what? I'm also a, a wife and a mom. Two of the best jobs, hands down, oh, I've boy. ever ever had. All these interviews I do, we talk about Operation National Anthem, and we talk about Smart Girls Rock, and we talk about you know my speaking career, and we talk about the book. But mm-hmm. everything I have done in the last few years, I have done so that I can spend more time with my family. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, that's so rewarding. That is phenomenal. We're going to follow up on that and some of these other principles from the book Rock to the Top as we come back from this next break. Stay with us. Hi, this is Jason Adams, one of the co-founders of CashflowParadigm.com. We created Cashflow Paradigm as a way to help others look at money differently. What are your beliefs about money? Is it good or bad? Many people have beliefs that limit their control over money and don't even realize it. The thing most people don't realize is that their beliefs about money greatly affect the amount of money and prosperity they have. It's all about your paradigm. Come play a fun game with us called Cashflow 101, created by best-selling author Robert Kiyosaki. Come meet new people and check your paradigm as we learn principles that govern our personal and financial lives while having fun together. Currently, we are holding monthly game nights in Provo and St. George, Utah. Go to our website at www.cashflowparadigm.com to register for upcoming events. That's www.cashflowparadigm.com. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. Some of you have been asking how you can get more involved with the show. And I also appreciate those of you who have offered to support the show. Now you can do both easily by purchasing a Top Spots listing. For a very small donation to the show, your link will be posted at liveonpurposeradio.com. Just go to the website and look for the Top Spots widget on the right side panel. Click at the bottom and follow the simple instructions. You will then be at the top of the list. Thanks for your support. And we're back, Dana. Just before the break, you were starting to talk about some things that really get me going, too. And that's those family relationships and, and the things that really bring the true value into life. And I don't know if you had time to finish saying what you were saying just before the break, but what, a, what an enormous benefit to have that kind of a, a foundation to your world that, that can help you to go out there and live on purpose. You know, Dr. Paul, one of the things I did in all of my many careers and many things I've tried was I started a, a thing online called the Space Store. It was a NASA and space-related e-commerce thing oh, that became uh-huh. huge that I ended up 
you know, selling to a NASA contractor and, you know, hanging around astronauts and all that. That's a whole other interview. That's a whole other story. Uh. But after five years of running this company, I mean, they were paying me a hundred grand to sell T-shirts and hang out. I could come in and whenever I wanted. I had a huge expense account. I had a matching 401k, amazing health benefits, blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. I was miserable. Toward oh. the end, I was really unhappy. And when, you know, when mama's unhappy, everyone's unhappy. I was coming home and, you know, just not being a pleasant person to be around. And I finally started keeping a diary, as simple as that sounds, and I tell my friends to do this now. I started keeping a diary of where I was the happiest. Not giddy happy, but content, you know, no blood pressure, happy, just life was good. And I had a smile on my face, and I wasn't clenching my jaw. And it started to take shape over a few weeks, and I was really stunned. I mean, oh, my gosh, I'm Dana Steele, former radio personality, successful businesswoman. This can't mm-hmm. be right. But mm-hmm. I started to look at it, and the places I was the most content was folding clothes, <laughs> taking my children to school, picking my children up from school, cooking dinner, and working on some of my freelance stuff in my office. Right. And it really, the, the longer I kept the diary, I, the more I looked at this and said, you know, i got to make a change. So I went to, you know, Charlie the Wonder Husband. It's very nice to have a good support system and told him, you know, I want to quit my $100,000 job. And after he picked himself up off the floor, he said, whatever you think is best. So I didn't do it the wow. next day. But, you know, you have to figure out what it is that makes you have people who say, I wish I could spend more time with my kids. I say, then do it. Well, I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. So we started, you know, cutting back on expenses. We started putting money in savings. We, you know, we gave the nanny notice. We gave the lawn service notice. We gave the maid notice. Mm-hmm. Um, we got rid of all of these things so that I could work from home. And That's right. be And I, I just can't even begin to tell you to this day how much happier that made me, how much happier it made the children, it, my husband. It made everybody's quality of life go up. Maybe I didn't have a maid. Maybe I didn't have a nanny. But, you know, you can work around all these things. There might be a little more, you know, dog hair on my floor, but everyone can deal with it. That's right. And there's there's a theme I've been thinking a lot about, and I've actually presented in a few of the seminars I've done recently, uh, that has to do with, are you giving the least to those who matter most? And when when you really start to hone in on what your key relationships are, give them the proper attention. It just makes all the difference in your life. Well, it's just, you know, I am. I feel like I'm just so boring and happy now. <laughs> People say, you know, usually you go up to somebody at a party or something and go, how are you? And they go, oh, okay. And then they go off into, you know, I don't know. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm great. Life is great. Just I am just happy and boring. Just love your life. I do. I do. And, you know, I even started to get really crazed uh, a couple of months ago. You know, the book came out, and it wasn't mm-hmm. on the New York Times bestseller list within four weeks. And being the anal retentive overachiever I am, mm-hmm. you know, I started to get really crazy. And my husband, you know, had to point out to me, um, this was supposed to be fun. Right. This is a fun project to learn about publishing and, you know, and put a book out there and have something to sell at speeches and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, just whatever. And and I had to remember, oh, yeah, this is fun. Well, it's intended to improve your life, not take it the other direction. Right, right. And, you know, I was starting to travel and do all these book signings and get crazy. And um, I, I had to tell you, I came home from one of the book signings and said, you know what? 
I'm, I'm, again, I'm not enjoying this. And book signings, I can tell anybody listening to this right now, if you're going to write a book, book signings are the most humbling experience, and they are definitely, unless you're a celebrity or an established author, they're a huge waste of your time and money, and don't let anyone tell you different. Oh, All they're boy. doing is feeding your ego. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. do them. <laughs> Just take my <laughs> advice right now. And I came home and canceled the rest of them. Um, got home late one night, told my husband I had canceled everything, and the next morning I woke up my 8-year-old, and he goes, Mommy, 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 I'm so tired, but it's because I got up last night, and I waited till you went to bed, and then I asked my magic 8-ball a question. Oh, boy. I said, Really? What did you ask it? He goes, I asked it if you were going to quit your book tour and be a stay-at-home mom. Oh. And I said, Really? And what did it say? It said yes. Oh, and he I was thrilled husband, too. I'm huh? so glad I made that decision the night before and didn't base it on a magic eight ball. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I was like, "Has mommy been gone too much?" He said, "Yes." Oh. I said, "You know, okay, it's time to kind of readjust and refocus, and you know, so I, I'm not, I'm not doing a whole lot of speeches or things like that this summer. I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. I'm booking them after school starts." Mm-hmm. Um so that I can do them when they're in school. And you know what? People, don't be afraid to adjust your life to do things like that because I've discovered that it comes back to me tenfold. Well, that's taking care of you. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the more you take care of you, the more you have to offer other people. Because, Dana, and, you've and got, I can tell, you know, just from your book and talking to you today and, and the brief association we've had, I can tell you've got a lot to offer. But if you're out cold, you know, if you're, you're just wiped out because you're, you're spread too thin or you got too much on your plate, then you're not going to be in a position to help other people either. No, and it, and it just gets really, really crazy. And sometimes you just need to back off and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, just, just maybe cancel a few things, stop doing a few things, and just take a step back and look at, okay, what are the important things? What are the priorities? And what do I need to, I don't need to do it all. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. Um, well, there's even a chapter in the book on, you know, taking care of yourself. Uh, we can't all be Keith Richards. Mm-hmm. And there's a great story in there about ACDC. The, the, the lead guitarist's wife used to travel with the band. I don't know if she still does, but she did in the 80s and had a full kitchen set up backstage. And while the band was on stage, you know, being, oh, my gosh, ACDC, one of the biggest power mm-hmm. rock bands of all time, she was in the back. She would go to the, the grocery store in the afternoon, and she would cook while they were on stage. And when they got off stage, they would, um, excuse me, they would take a quick shower and sit down to a family home-cooked meal. Now, everybody might eat pretty fast, but they knew the importance of sitting down and having a good meal and seeing their families. And then they would go off and meet their friends and, you know, fans and go party or whatever. Fans, yeah. But that, that left such an impression on me that wait a minute, family is important. Look at this. Even ACDC is taking time after a show to do it. I imagine you saw a number of examples both ways as you got to know some of these rock stars and other people that you affiliated with. I probably saw more examples the other way, but, you know, at least I paid Mm -hmm. attention and I learned. Uh, I was was even listening to an interview this morning with Gene Simmons, who wrote the foreword to my book, and I heard Gene on a Houston radio station on my way up into a client this morning, and uh, I, you know, I, I'm just always stunned when people are surprised to find out he's never been drunk or high in his life. He oh. may have a glass of wine occasionally with dinner, but the man has mm-hmm. never touched drugs. He has no tolerance for drunks. 
Um, mm-hmm. And and people always look at me like I'm making this up. <laughs> like, no, the guy knows he has to take. If he's going to work 24/7 and continue to make a billion dollars, he knows he has to take care of himself. That's right. People who understand this succeed, and people who don't tend to burn out. I imagine you've seen a lot of burnout in the industry. I have, and I'd like to point out my blood pressure. When I go in for my checkup every year, and they take my blood pressure, they say, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> They're like, uh-huh. do you need to eat or something? I'm like, no, my blood pressure is always this low. I'm just like, mm-hmm, whatever. But it didn't used to be that way. Mm-hmm. I was intense in my 20s, but I had to learn. Well, life teaches you a lot of things. I want to, uh, before we go to our next break, I'd like to have you introduce this next corner. We've talked about passion, how important that is. And and we've kind of branched off into the balance and make sure that you have your head screwed on straight and that you've got your key relationships lined up, uh, which we could spend all day on, I'm sure. But uh, talk a little bit about knowledge and how that applies. You know, um, it's so important that you know what's going on around you. When I, it, You and I were even talking about this before we even started the interview, and that is anytime you're recording an interview, there's there are glitches. In, 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 right. As you can imagine, in live radio, there was always, um, you know, a record skipped. Of course, nobody mm-hmm. knows what that means now. Um, or, or something wouldn't work, and I'd have to turn on that mic and immediately take over. I used to read, and I still to this day read everything I can get my hands on. Not only did I read just the trades and just industry information, I read newspapers, I read magazines, I, I, knew, what, I knew a little bit about everything. Mm-hmm. So when there was a glitch, I could jump right in. I always had something to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing, when you, when you go to a party, be, be an interesting person. Be somebody who knows a little bit about everything. Um, mm-hmm. There was a an, uh, Gene Simmons, again, back to Gene from KISS. He was talking to a group of VIP entrepreneurs a few weeks ago in New York, and somebody said, well, what do you attribute your success to? And he said, I read all day long. I see opportunities. I know things. I learn things. I, it, it gives me an opportunity to see so many other things that I can be branching out into or that I can get you know, KISS involved in. And then that same week, I was reading an article about Warren Buffett, the richest man in the universe, uh-huh. on, uh, in, in, in Fortune magazine. And he was asked the same question. What do you attribute your success to? And he had the same answer. He said, I read everything. Mm-hmm. I read everything, and it gives me the opportunity. You know, it, it gives me the opportunity to recognize other opportunities. So mm-hmm. when I hear somebody say, oh, I just don't have time to watch the news, you know what? You don't have time not to watch the news. I don't care mm. if you just go, you know, one one thirty minute pass of CNN headline news. You must know what's going on in the world around you, not only in politics, but in business, in finance, and also in entertainment, because mm-hmm. that so drives our world these days. Mm. You know, pop culture, you've got to know what's going on around you. Well, I am an avid reader, and... I think one of the complaints that I've had is that there is so much to read and so little time. In fact, I've started to uh, team up with a, a speed reading uh, company to to increase people's ability to obtain that information faster. I believe that knowledge is power. It is. You know, just get up in the morning and watch the news. Just at mm-hmm. least do that much for me. We'll come back. That's going to lead nicely into our next segment, which is about networking. But uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. 
Some people give their two cents, but this Positive Island boy shares a dime every time he speaks. Dino Pinder is back with another deposit to your attitude. Well, you know what? I had an experience in my life not too long ago. A good friend of mine that uh, he passed away while I was out to sea on the boat. And we spent years together playing in a band. And I never really got a chance to tell him how much I loved him. I always put it off thinking he'll always be there. And, well, now that he's gone home to glory and I could go visit his grave site and put flowers on the grave but just don't do a piece of good. He can't see them, he can't smell them. So that affected me in a way that I promised myself from then, everybody in my life who I love, they'll know it. And don't let a day go by without telling them how much you love them from your children, your parents, your friends, your co-workers. If anybody in your life who you know is helping you out each day and you love them, tell them. I could go visit his grave whenever I want and I could put flowers on his grave. But you know what? My advice to you and to myself as well is to give them flowers while they're living. This has been Dino's Dime. For more island wisdom, visit dinosdime.wordpress.com. Thank you for joining me for the Live On Purpose radio podcast. It is truly an honor to be a part of your prosperity team. Please visit my website, drpaul.org, to get connected with other tools for you and your family. There you will find links to my weekly e-zine, Empower, Harnessing the Power of the Mind, and to the free Parental Power Teleconference that I host every week with my wife, Vicki. You can also check out upcoming events or pick up powerful information products. Feel free to contact me directly with questions, comments, or to book me for your company or private event. Email me through drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com. So, Dana, when you were talking about knowledge, I was thinking all of this reading and getting yourself connected out there with the world of information and knowledge, there is so much out there that is just waiting for you to discover and to learn and to know. It it occurred to me that that leads us really naturally into this next corner, which is networking. If if you're just kind of stuck inside your own head and you're not getting out there and finding out what other people's ideas are... It makes it really hard to start forming relationships or to or to network with other people, and that's a really foundational principle to success. Oh, relationships are everything, and if you can't talk about anything but you and your business, who cares? Who wants to talk to you at a party? That's right. You know, be somebody who can contribute to the conversation, and, uh, you know, networking is not going to a happy hour with your business card. That is mm-hmm. not networking. Networking is... The most important part of networking is finding out, first of all, letting people, being able to tell people what it is you want and need, but even Mm -hmm. more importantly is being able to ask people what they want and what they need. Mm -hmm. And and when you're able to pass on leads or make introductions or make connections, I had somebody tell me the other day, that's what you are, you're a connector. Mm-hmm. You know, I get people together all the time, and I'm not looking for a piece of the action or anything, but it comes back to you. Um, and, and, and people can't read your mind. People have no idea what you need and want. And for the most part, people want to help you. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. Um, and, and I say, you know, be able to tell people what you do in one sentence. You know, mm-hmm. you sit next to somebody on an airplane, they go, so what do you do? Oh, I'm, I'm a speaker and an author. Mm-hmm. If they want to know any more, they will ask. Right. But then never fail to say, and what do you do? Oh, that's great. Tell me more. Or, you know, I, you know that's really interesting. Do you have a card? Um, engage people. Find out what they do. What do they want? What do they need? What are they trying to sell? What are they trying to offer? Well, this, this comes down to a basic principle of exchange, and we've talked about this multiple times on this program. The, the things that you need, the resources that will help to take you to the next level already exist out there in the world somewhere, and somebody controls those resources. How are you going to get access to them unless you start to connect with people? And you never know. You absolutely never, never know who's going to help you somewhere down the road. I, um, uh, I'll tell you sort of a convoluted story, but I, one of the guys that used to work with me at a radio station went on to work for KBR, um, a civilian contractor in Iraq, and he's been over there since um, 2004 running the morale tent um, the last couple of years in, in one of the most dangerous uh, areas, Camp Diamondback in Mosul. And he runs, you know, Internet access. If these guys, these guys come through the camp for only an hour, two hours, three hours maybe. They rarely spend the night. They're just there to check their email, get a little R&R, maybe get something to eat, maybe talk to a, um, you know, a, a minister or somebody or a counselor, and then they're off into the, mm-hmm. into the war zone again. And Harrison had sent me this great story about a Jamaican contractor who had stopped in for a couple of hours of R&R and told him how much he loved the national anthem, and how he was surprised when he came to the United States and saw people talking on their cell phones at a sporting event during the national anthem. Long story, it took Harrison and I three months. We created OperationNationalAnthem.com, which is a series of free videos that people can download and use at any event, asking people to please turn off their cell phones, take off their hats, and pay attention to the national anthem. Uh, all of these public service announcements mm-hmm. are done by soldiers who end it, end it with, it would mean a lot to us over here. Um, mm-hmm. They're very powerful messages. I'm very proud to be a part of it. I did this well over a year ago. Um, I set it up so that I didn't have to maintain it because I didn't have time. Um, and I sent it to all of my friends and family. Hey, uh-huh. got Operation National Anthem, pass it on. And promptly forgot about it. Mm-hmm. A year later, I got a call. I got a call in March of this year from Reader's Digest. We'd like to feature, we'd like to do a little story on Operation National Anthem. Of course, Paul, I'm on the phone. This, I'm, I'm like, I'm like on the phone, but also checking to make sure the website even still works. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of kick-started like it and let it go, huh? And um, I ended up on the cover of the Best of America uh, issue of Reader's Digest in May, uh, and on the table of contents, and with a great mm-hmm. article. And, but I asked him, I said, how did you find this? I mean, how did you find out about me? And the editor said, oh, my brother works for NASA, and somebody, you know, he lives in your neighborhood, and somebody's passed, you know, he got your email you sent out a year ago, and he sent uh-huh. it to me, and I've just been sitting on it for a year. Right. So that's why I always say, let people know what you need. Let, let people know what you're looking for. You might not see anything for a year, but you never know what's going to happen. And just put it out there. Get it out there. I Put was, it out there. That's exactly it. Put it out there. People will help you. Well, here's another example, too. And uh, here we are doing this interview today. 
And it's going out to however many people are going to be downloading this thing in the next uh, weeks and months as a podcast. And the only reason I even know about you, Dana, is because you put it out there. You, you made yourself available to network with people. And you have to. Again, people cannot read your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes back to that whole rock and roll concept that I used for the book. When a new band is starting out and they do a little show at a, you know, at a little club down the street, mm-hmm. they do flyers. They tell their friends. They tell their family. They tell people, please, please come to my show. That's right. And, and it doesn't matter what business you are in at what level. You know, when Coca-Cola puts out a new product, they don't just put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. They let people know it's coming. Yeah, let them know. And that's that sounds so obvious, but that's hard for people to really tune into when they're when they're starting their own business, for example. And I have consulted with so many entrepreneurs and people who have a great idea or a great product that they have to offer, and they have no idea how to get it out there or even that it would be valuable to other people. Sometimes it's just an appreciation that, hey, what you have is meaningful and valuable to other people. And I, I tell people to use the same concept for all my single friends. I can't find anybody to date. Well, tell people mm-hmm. you're looking for somebody to date. Right. You know, I got hooked up on a blind date with an astronaut. I scared the poor man to death, but that's how I met my husband. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned OperationNationalAnthem.com. That's I've got it open right in front of me on my computer here, and I have a copy of the Reader's Digest issue from May of 2008. And like you said, folks, if you'll, if you'll open up that Reader's Digest, there's a picture of Dana right there on the Table of Contents page. Do you know I carried that around? They sent me a prototype. I carried it around for two weeks and never even realized I was on the Table of Contents. As you open the book, there you are. It's like, bye. Hand on heart. You know, I did a... I did a show just a couple of weeks ago with a World War II veteran. And what a fascinating experience it was to talk to him about the military and the contributions that they're making, but also about love of country and patriotism. And this story really caught my attention as uh, this Jamaican citizen that you were uh, that you were referencing earlier just commented that, hey, you know, people don't seem to care about this national anthem and what it means. I mean, here was a story coming from a Jamaican. This guy was so moved by the Star-Spangled Banner that his family in Jamaica knows that someday when he passes away, he wants to be buried in Jamaica, but he wants Mm -hmm. the United States Star-Spangled Banner played at his funeral because it so moved him, and it has such powerful words. And, you know, I've had people send me emails, the whole war is my fault, whatever. Mm-hmm. The national anthem is it's not Republican or Democrat. It's not male-female. Mm-hmm. It's not Obama-McCain. It's not anything but patriotic. It's not black or white, that big controversy in Denver a few weeks ago. The, 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 you can tell I'm on my soapbox now, Paul. Yeah. The national anthem is simply a patriotic song that pays tribute to the greatest country in the world. We still have it better here than anywhere else. And freedom is not free. I spent a week doing broadcast from Bosnia, and that one week changed my life. I do not. I don't complain in line at the post office. I don't complain in traffic. Mm -hmm. It so opened my eyes to how 
what we have here. You know, it was just it was just mind-boggling to me to go over there and experience that and then come back here and see everything we have and all the opportunities. And if people can't put their damn cell phone down for 60 seconds during the national anthem, it's like, oh, please. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if, you're, if you're on call to do brain surgery, you probably shouldn't be there in the first place. <laughs> right. Otherwise, that call is not that important. What could be more important than what you're doing right now? Yeah, and you're not supporting the war. You're not supporting mm-hmm. Bush. You're not, you know, whatever. You're, you're not. It's you're supporting our country. That's right. And and I find it just really. It's always bothered me that people complain. I mean, people that you know talk on their phones, or they're still ordering beer, or they're still chatting, or whatever during the national anthem. And you'd be mm-hmm. surprised how many um, emails I've gotten across the country from. Parents and teachers and principals asking me to do the same thing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh. Um, that apparently, you know, especially in high school, kids know that they don't have that they have the right to not stand up if they don't want to. Mm-hmm, you sure. can't make them stand up, which I find ironic, in that that's what the whole Pledge of Allegiance is about: is that you have that freedom. That's right. But, but then I realized that from kindergarten on, in kindergarten, you're taught how to do the Pledge of Allegiance. And mm-hmm. from that point on, every morning, every school year, 13 years, you stand up and do the Pledge of Allegiance. Yet nowhere in those 13 years does anyone ever take the time to explain to any student why we do it. Mm. So I guess that's going to be my next project someday. That's going to be another <laughs> website sometime in the future. It is, it is. I th- I'm, I'm trying to get a bunch of celebrities or somebody to, to do some PSAs for schools that get played at least at the beginning uh-huh. of every semester explaining why you're doing the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, you could maybe find a few that would be willing to do that. Well, I've already pitched it to Gene Simmons, so we'll Have see. You? He's very, very supportive of our military. I'm hoping Gene will run with it. But, you know, that's yet another project. I'll be up at 2 o'clock in the morning with my husband going, oh, Lord, she's had another idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is uh, that comes right back to our first point today, too, and that is the passion. And what is it that lights your fire? What is it that really gets you enthused and gets you going and that you'll get up in the morning to do? And these yeah. are some of the things that, that you do. So and, and go for it. People say, guy, you try so many. Somebody said to me once, you try so many things, and, and, and you don't always succeed, but you amaze me that because when you don't succeed, you just kind of, you know, stand back up, dust yourself off, and, and keep going. Mm-hmm. And, and I like what Thomas Edison says. Thomas Edison once said, um, I've never failed at anything. I've only found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. Right. I love that quote. We got one more segment coming up. We'll be right back. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hit messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today 
and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. If the pile of books you want to read is growing faster than the pile you have read, then Abundant Reading Systems can help you. After taking Abundant Reading Systems course, I dramatically increased my ability to expand my knowledge in a much more efficient way. My fastest test today was in 7,000 words per minute. I highly recommend this program from what I've seen it do for other people who've been through the entire program and from what I've seen in myself today. I've teamed up with Abundant Reading Systems to offer a single day intensive speed reading workshop that will at least double your reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, oh, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read. And uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. This is David Hinton, founder of Abundant Reading Systems. I want to personally invite you to join us for our next event. Visit AbundantReadingSystems.com now. Abundant Reading Systems, reading at the speed of imagination. Well, we're having a lot of fun at Live on Purpose Radio here today. My guest is Dana Steele. And some of the things that you've mentioned today, Dana, have just got me thinking about a number of things. I was just, during the break, I was thumbing through some of the pictures in the back of your book. And this is like a who's who in rock and roll. Or it's the history of my hair. (laughs) Or the history of your hair, yes. I noticed this... uh, this picture with the big 80s hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what's really fun is if you go back and compare side-by-side pictures of John Bon Jovi, we had the same hair. I think we even have (laughs) the same hair now. I saw a picture of him on the streets of New York. It's like, Lord, we have the same hair again. (laughs) (laughs) You've just paralleled each other with that. (laughs) There you go. Well, you're the idol. You're the one to look to. There you go. There you go. I had to chuckle, though. There's a picture here also of a thank you note. And uh, I have to tell you, I've I've got a twin sister, and uh, as we were growing up, she had this crush on Sean Cassidy. And uh, your thank you note here is from Sean Cassidy. There's a little bit of a story behind that, but it it also leads into this this fourth uh, bullet point, if you want to call them that, that we've been talking about today, and that is appreciation. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, never underestimate the power of a handwritten thank you a note, and also never underestimate the power of a pissy note. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Cassidy and I, I get along with everybody. I love everybody. Mm-hmm. And when Sean Cassidy and I met, it would have had to have been around, I believe, 80 or 81. Mm-hmm. He was trying to get out of his whole pop image or teeny bopper, was trying to move more into the pop rock. Mm-hmm. And they arranged, the record company arranged a dinner. Uh, for me to go out to dinner with Sean Cassidy, so maybe I'd play his record. I don't know what it was, but we did not get along from the first minute we met that night. Oh, really? It was like oil and vinegar. Uh-huh. And about a week later, I got that note that said, Dear Dana, just think if you play my record, we'll never have to see each other again. <laughs> and I, I'm hoping that somewhere here in the last few months, somebody has said, Do you realize there's a note from you in this girl's book? Because that... that that note was, what, 28 years ago, and I saved it. Right. I just thought it was so 
gutsy. And hey, but he, it was a handwritten note from Sean Cassidy. Well, it's dated October 3rd, 1980. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I held on to it, and it's in the book. So possibly, you know, if you're going to write somebody a note, make sure it's nice, because um, I never really did go on to, to play his record. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. If he had written me a nicer note, I probably would have, just <laughs> because he had, you know, written me a nice thank you note. Well, and I got a kick out of that, but, you know, this concept of appreciation is huge. And I feel like gratitude and expressions of gratitude probably do more towards cementing relationships and future associations than almost anything that we could identify. Well, I, I, again, it goes back to I don't care who you are, what you do, how successful, how powerful you are, you didn't get there alone. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing it alone. Somebody, lots of people are helping you along the way. Mm-hmm. When I used to run the space store... We would not only send, obviously, thank yous to all of our customers, but we would send a huge chocolate Hershey Tower um, to the warehouse of our biggest vendors, our top, you know, our top vendors every year. We would send that Hershey Tower with a note saying, thank you so much for all the orders you get out for us all year long. And we would send that around October. And come the Christmas mm-hmm. rush when we ran out of something, guess who got it first? We did. That's right. The warehouse floor always took care of us. I even got a call at one point from the astronaut office asking me, how do you get our official patches before we do? Hmm, oh. I don't know. Huh. <laughs> well, <laughs> and it may have something to do with this little thing that you're on to. You know, appreciation is the true paycheck. When, when we write a check or we give someone money, that's just a symbol it's, it's a placeholder. It's a receipt. It's something that's exchangeable for other things that we want, of course. But really, the human life part of the exchange comes in the appreciation. And there are very few things that are as valuable to someone as feeling appreciated. Somebody said to me once, you would write a thank you note if somebody held the door for you. And I said, so? Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, I appreciate what people do. I, um... I've been filling in on the CBS morning show here in Houston off and on the last couple of months, and I interviewed this uh, young um, chef from the Food Network, Yvonne, and gave him a copy of the book to read on the airplane on the way back to New York. And I got Mm -hmm. the cutest email from him this week. He said, my hand hurts. I just wrote 15 thank you notes. This is your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's something that I know. You know what, Dana? I I think I hand-wrote a couple of notes after I read your book, too. Well, you know what? It's very powerful, and nobody does it anymore. And when you go to the, when you take the time and trouble to actually write something, put a stamp on it, address it, and put it in the mailbox, it makes people mm-hmm. feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can send a thank you by email, but that's not anything close to getting it in the mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a difference there. Our next-door neighbor just did a, a fabulous recommendation for my stepson for a college he wants to go to, sort of last minute. And um, so I had my stepson sit down and write a, a thank you note. He's 19 years old, and he goes, well, how do you do it? Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, come here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, dear Mr. Hood, thank you for dinner. Even more so, thank you for the recommendation. I'll see you in Gunnison. You know, it's much appreciated. Chris Justice. That's it, but you've got to yep. write it. And it's just, it's a quick thing. It doesn't take a lot of your time and energy, but it does take some 
and that's part of the reason that it's valued by other people. I I did an interview not too long ago with uh, with Colleen O'Donnell. She's the author of a book called uh, Generous Kids, and just this task that we have as parents to teach our kids to be more giving and more generous. And she she made a point in that book that one of the things that you give is your time. You give your time, talents, and treasures. And time and talent are really the ones that are valued the most. And uh, what a great example of how you can do that in in expressing appreciation to people. Well, and, and you know what? It's just, you can call it karma, you can call it whatever you want, but, you know, it all comes back. Mm-hmm. It all comes back. I helped David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, and Nash when he was in prison here in Texas. When he got out, he had to spend a few months in a halfway house in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not know David. I knew his manager, but I helped him, you know, find a dentist and some other things that David needed. And through that, David and I developed a friendship. And, you know, because of David, I met my husband. So I keep telling David all these children are his fault. It's oh. your fault. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you just you never know. You know, it all uh-huh. just right. continues to come around and go around and... You, you just—it's the right thing to do. So, if we were to to do a little summary of these four points, I love—I just love those four points as something as a kind of a take home from this show today, and that is passion, love what you do, and do what you love. I think it goes both ways. Knowledge, knowledge is power. Fill your head up with all of the best stuff you can find, and be aware and be tuned in to what's going on in the world around you. Third is the networking. And uh, I heard a quote recently that your net worth equals your network. And putting, putting people into your collection. Relationships are everything. That is true. And then finally, appreciation. That's the way you give back. And that's the way you prime the pump for, for uh, future associations. Anything you want to add to that little summary? Buy the book so my children can go to college. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And and I want to spend a few minutes right now just talking about some of the things you're doing, how people can get connected with what you're doing. Uh, absolutely buy the book. I enjoyed this book. This was a fun little read that put some of the principles that we talk about all the time on this particular show into a little different context. And that's just coming from your experience in in knowing and associating with some of the icons in the rock and roll world. And uh, so it's a fun little context. Again, folks, the book is called Rock to the Top, What I Learned About Success from the World's Greatest Rock Stars. And I have put a link right at Live on Purpose Radio. You can go there. There's a little Amazon link. You can click right there and buy Dana's book. It's it's a fun read, and it's going to help you to tune into some of the principles that will help you to live on purpose. Now, Dana, you have a website, too. I do. It's danasteel.com. That's D-A-Y-N-A-S-T-E-E-L-E. And uh-huh. um, you can get to Operation National Anthem. I also have a, a website for girls called Smart Girls Rock. And, you know, you can, you can get to all of my information, and you can even pick up an autographed copy of the book through, uh, through the website. So all of the links are right there at danasteel.com. And, again, that's spelled D-A-Y-N-A. S-T-E-E-L-E. And Dana, I'll put a link on our blog site for that one, too. All right. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we've got got just a couple of minutes left. 
what I would what I would really like to hear from you at this point is where to from here? Where are you going from here? Oh, you know what? A lot of people have asked me that, and I said I've always had a goal, and for the first time in my life, I just I really don't. I'm just I'm happy. I'm content. The college funds are funded. The retirement fund is funded. Um, my husband and I are just kind of waiting to see what doors open next. He's a pilot for NASA, but he's getting ready to retire. He's written a couple of novels. We're just having fun. Just enjoying life. Yeah, and hanging with the kids. I got, you know, an 8-year-old and a 12-year-old. I still got a long ways to go, Paul. (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. You know, as you do this, this is a great example, though, Dana. When, When I talk to people about what it is that they really want out of life, they tell me that they want what you're describing right now. And I got to tell you, it's great, but you got to, if that's what you want, then you have to start right now, this very minute, shaping your life. It's not just mm-hmm. going to happen. No one's just going to hand it to you. It doesn't just happen. There are principles that will determine your success in life. And as you apply those principles, you can have the life that you want and the life that you love. And uh, it's... There's nothing that's more important than that, is you create and live the life that you love. And the other observation that I have, though, Dana, as you are doing this, as you are loving your life and just enjoying some of the fruits of your labors, you're also getting passionately involved in causes and in projects and things that make so much difference to you and that that you really feel passionate about. I keep going back to this Operation National Anthem. Uh, which doesn't require a lot of maintenance from you, it sounds like, but because you've applied some of these principles, it's out there creating value for you while you're doing all of these other great things. And it's, you know, and it's, and it's a fun thing. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten in contact with just some wonderful soldiers and parents of soldiers. Even the uh, direct descendant of Francis Scott Key took time to write me a note. So. Oh, fantastic. It's been fun. It's been, you know, life is just, I'm waiting to see what happens next. Well, Dana, thank you so much for joining us at Live On Purpose Radio. Well, thank you. It's been great. And it's been a pleasure to have you. I want to encourage everybody to go out there and live on purpose. Again, visit the blog site at liveonpurposeradio.com for links to this great book, Rock to the Top, by Dana Steele. Thank you, and go out there and live on purpose. <laughs> 